You're listening to Breakaway Wealth, the show designed to help you build wealth faster, think bigger, and break out of the herd. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, and with me today, my co-host, Nick Costco. Welcome, Nick. Hey, as always, thanks for having me on the show and super excited to talk about maybe our second favorite subject after we talk about mindset. What's that today? Absolutely. Just IBC, why we're doing IBC and what's the motivation? You know, somebody the other day had two people in the last week I've been on shows where people have said to me, hey, can you talk about IUL versus whole life? Hmm. And I go, well, yeah, but I, I can, but you're, you're missing the point. <laughs> and then I've had somebody else say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know everything about infinite banking already. And then I said, well, we kind of do it a little bit differently. We do it for buying cash flowing assets, not paying it off your car. And he went, oh, interesting. Right. Yeah. So I love when people think that they know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> so then we got, you know, if we go back, Nick, and think, all right. What is it that we're trying to do? And maybe it's this, Nick. What is it that we're trying to do and why do we need to do, be our own banker? And then how do we get from that to buying cash flowing assets and kind of being that, for lack of a better term, it's going from being a personal banker to a commercial banker? Yeah. I, I, you know, Nelson talked about this. We say it all the time. Simplicity is elusive, right? Yeah. And and I think that the financial world is uh, brilliant at throwing a lot of you know smoke and dust up in the air, making it seem confusing and then you go, "Oh, well here you go. Here you have control." Right? Yeah. And what we have to do is just keep it simple, stupid, right? Yeah. And it, and it is simple. And Nelson did that in his book. You've done it in your book to make bank without the bank. And we just got to keep it simple, right? And like you said, there's got to be, we got to acknowledge what the problem is and then just be very simple in our execution of the solution to it yeah. and just take it from there. And I'll just say this, if you're new to this and you're uh, going to listen to us for 20, 25 minutes here, talk about this, what I would encourage you to do is go to community.createtailwind.com or just download our app create tailwind all one word and in the education center is a presentation called what is ibc and you're going to watch that and at the end of it you'll know whether or not you want to keep learning but we're going to give you some almost like a sneak peek of what that presentation is here in this conversation and so jim what is that problem that nelson outlined in his book becoming your own banker that we're really seeking to solve yeah, I mean, the problem that we're solving is that we finance every single thing that we buy. We either pay someone else interest or we give up interest that we could have earned. And, and Nick, it's the second one that <laughs> confuses people. Right. <laughs> and, and we hear this, you know, Dave and Susie and the likes of the, their offspring, they want to tell you money doesn't have a cost. So give us an example of, of disproving that myth. Well, I mean... There's a really good example that we use in a presentation that we are going to put on the community and have available on the community, but it's a penny doubling. <laughs> and this is an extreme example, Nick, as you know, but <laughs> it, it's sometimes you have to blow things up so that you can see the details. You know, if you're looking at a photograph, 
we would, and we wanted to see the tiniest detail, we would blow it up as big as we could get it so that we could see that detail easier. Well, so it's the same way in this concept. So if you had a penny and it doubled every day, right? And we're going to double it, let's say for 31 days. Okay. So the first day you have a penny, the second day you have two pennies and so on and so on and so on. By day 22, you have $21,000 and change. Right. Okay. Now let's just say on that day, you have to go buy something. Remember, we finance every single thing that we buy. So we're going to go buy something and we're going to do what Susie and Dave say. We're going to take this cash out of this account to go buy a car. Say we're trading in our car. We need another $21,000 to buy the new car, right? So we take that money out of the account. And so from day 23 to day 31, what happens? Well, your compounding starts over. It starts over. And you end up with $2.56. And it's a pretty boring number. Not going to get anybody excited. It's not. But how about if you didn't take the money out of that account on that day to go buy the new car on day 22? In fact, you just let it keep on compounding. So you let the compounding happen uninterrupted, right? You're not taking money out. Well, guess what, how much money you would have at day 31? Nick, you already know this, but it's 10, over $10 million, right? Over $10 million. And you know we used to always say the exact number, but I want to keep this simple. Over $10 million, $2.56, over $10 million, right? It doesn't matter if it's $10 million and whatever change, it's $10 million. That's the power of uninterrupted compounding. Now, the thing that's so screwed up about these financial entertainers like Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman is they're disingenuous, (laughs) okay? The other day, somebody sent me a video of Dave Ramsey saying, if somebody would let you borrow a million dollars, a hundred million dollars, whatever it was at zero interest, would you take the loan? He said, no, no, I don't believe in debt. Well, you're a freaking idiot because if somebody would let you have a million or a hundred million, and by the way, if there's somebody in the audience that wants to make me this offer, I would love for you to contact me directly because I'll take your million dollars and I'll go leverage it and I'll go make... 10, 20, 40% on it. Yep. And then I don't have to pay you anything. You give me your money at cost, which shows this idiot does not believe that cash has a cost. So I just proved with the money doubling that cash has a cost. And if he would not take a loan at zero interest so he could go put that money in motion, well, that's stupid. And you know what? Stupid is beca- stays a slave. Stupid stays a slave, and if you want to learn and you want to be smart with your money, then you become free. Right, right. It's what you go do with it. I think the people that easily say no to the loans is that they don't know what to do with it, and that's part of the solution. We'll get there later, but um, having some clarity, some vision, hey, what do you want? You know, we talk about this stuff in our some of our mindset episodes. Is understanding what you want is paramount, almost anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Nick, let's stop right there for a second. So let's say, you know, that you're right. We can't get around that. You have to figure out what you want. Yeah. If you can't, you're doomed. If you won't. And and, and so why wouldn't somebody figure out what they want? 
They yeah. don't think they deserve it. They don't have the confidence to get it. There's a lot of limiting beliefs and factors. And we're not going to go into mindset today. But once you figure out what you want, does it matter if I own 10 McDonald's to do it or 10 Surf Pro franchises or 10 different properties or one property or 50 properties to get it? Does it matter? Nope. No. It doesn't. That does not matter. It's the fact that right now, if you wanted something that you were like, how do I, is, it just seems unattainable, right? <laughs> I want a $4 million boat. Okay. That might be called a yacht, but um, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm in public school, so we'll call it a boat for today. I want a $4 million boat. Well, if I have assets that would pay for the boat or the boat payment or whatever, then why wouldn't I do it? And by the way, let's say you went and bought a $4 million boat or somebody would give you a $4 million boat or you would take over the payments, maybe subject to, for a $4 million boat and you were going to go rent it out. And you're going to, man, you got to rent it out a lot to pay for that boat, right? So you're going to rent it out 11 months and you're going to break even, right? And you only get to use that $4 million yacht, yacht boat for free for only one month out of the year, Nick. That's, and that's tough to only take <laughs> your family down to the Bahamas for a month a year. You know, it's terrible. I mean, why would Dave Ramsey advocate somebody only getting a month use out of an asset like that? Yeah, I don't understand. So let's just go back to becoming your own banker. Yeah. All right. So we've talked about, hey, what's the problem we're trying to solve? But let's understand. Let's make sure everyone understands the problem that is in the financial world. So I remember you asking me a few questions back in the day, and I really came to understand that it's about control, right? Yeah. And so speak to the control piece. Who's really good at getting control? How do they get control? Because once we understand what's going on, we'll know what to do, right? Yeah. So if you think about it, there are really kind of three, and they're interconnected, by the way, but there are three entities, three governing powers, three powerful evil empires out there trying to get our money, right? Yep. You know, you have the government. And I don't mean that our government is evil that way, okay? Yeah. But the government tries to enslave us, and that, and so also, banks try to enslave us. Yeah. And then Wall Street is their favorite place for us to be enslaved, and so yeah. that's their favorite prison. Hey, you know, like I'm going to give you these incentives to go to prison and put your money in prison, like in Wall Street, okay? In a 401k that we're going to control. Yeah. And man, don't have an opportunity or emergency because then we're gonna we're going to ding you with penalties, everything else. Okay, sure. so those three things, they give you incentives. Okay. Remember in the law that people pass laws so that they can steal from you. So they can have legal plunder, because that book was written in the seventeen hundreds and plunder was a big word back then. And I think it should right. make a comeback. So <laughs> is I create this law, like a 401k, that you can put your money in there and you can defer taxes. So yep. would I want to defer taxes? Well, I would want to defer taxes if my tax rate was going down in the future, then I would want to defer them. Yeah. Right. But the math shows that that's not going to happen. So nope. that's a lie. That's called noise. Yeah. Right? By the way, so yesterday they were interviewing Tiger Woods. 
And he's going to play in the golf tournament coming up this weekend around this recording. And he, they asked him all this stuff. And I loved his answer. He goes, that's just all noise. <laughs> I love just, that. That's just the noise of the media. Okay, so Tiger Woods gets it, right? Is It's the noise of the media telling you this is what's happening when it's not. That's what he's saying. That's just noise. That didn't happen. <laughs> and, uh, and then it's Wall Street every day. Market's going up. Oh, man, I, I don't want to miss out. Market's going down. Oh, this might be a good time to buy. I wonder what my stuff is doing, right? It's getting your attention. It's distracting right. you from what's really happening. So those three entities control our money. And those three entities, like what does a bank want, right? Well, they want control, number one, of your money, other people's money. They want liquidity, right? They want to be able to do, I mean, they don't want it held up or tied up like it would be in Wall Street or 401k or something like that, right? right. They would never do that with their money. And then they want use of it. They want use to go put it into an asset. They don't put money in instruments and hope those instruments outperform what they're going to pay you. They put it in an asset that they already, it's a known return. What is that asset? A loan to you. Yep. Okay, so it's brilliant. It is brilliantly enslaving. A bank takes your money that you deposit in their bank because that's the only safe place to hold your money, right? Sure. And then they loan it to you at a higher interest. Brilliant. Now, in 2016, we break down these numbers in a video that's available on our community, Nick, but we show that in 2016, the bank was making 26 times what the depositor was making. So in essence, the bank is making 2,600% more than you with your money because they're loaning you back your own money. Now, most people don't realize that's happening. The bank's not going to tell you that's happening. And nobody, there's no noise out there that's going to tell you that's happening. But Jim, I make my deposits at Chase Bank, and I went and got my loans from Wells Fargo Bank. Come on, that's not borrowing my money. Well, it's kind of like this, Nick, is money is like, or banking is like water, right? And is the water in the Amazon connected to the water in the Missouri River? It absolutely is. There's one atmosphere. Right? right, because water evaporates up into the atmosphere, and then it comes back down in the form, and then it creates wind, and it comes back down clouds, and then it comes back down in the form of rain, sleet, hail, snow, whatever. Right? That's right. So to say water in the Amazon isn't connected to water in the Missouri is not to understand how the atmosphere works. That's right. So banking, banking works the same way. There's only one banking system in the world is all the banks are interconnected, right? That's why they have overnight lending rates. And you've heard that term, Nick, money follows the sun. The bank in New York closes, lends its money to a bank in Chicago. That bank closes, lends its money to a bank in Denver. That bank closes, lends its money to a bank in LA. And it goes on and on and on and on and on. Overnight, 24-7, always happening. Yep. So- If you have money deposited at one bank and borrowed from some other label on the bank, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's the banking system. So how do we get out of that? Or why would we get out of that? Or do we just accept it? Well, that's just the way it is. We're all going down. We're all going down together. Yeah. Think about it. Think about it. Like 
there's a game being played so well, you don't even realize there's a game being played. And we're giving you the clues right now. There's so many of you sitting there right now. You go, man, I know there's something up. I just don't know what it is. Well, this is exactly what's going on. So what we have been talking about so far is that other people are taking your money. They're taking control of it and they're building wealth with it and giving you a little bit back to make you feel good. Okay. But the reality of it is you can put yourself in that owner's owner seat and take control in an uncommon way, right? Absolutely. Think of it like this. If we look at the game Monopoly, and let's just say that there was a five-year-old out there somewhere back a few years ago <laughs> that liked to play Monopoly, but didn't know how to play, right? Yeah. And so how, if you didn't know how to play Monopoly, how would you play it? You would think that the cash on the side of the board was the most important thing. Yep. But then once somebody explains to this five-year-old that that's not how you win Monopoly, right? Now, if the five-year-old was stupid, the five-year-old would say, okay, I don't really care about buying properties and putting it on those, uh, or buying houses and putting it on the properties. I don't care about hotels and stuff like that. I'm going right. to go back to playing it the way that I was playing. Would that five-year-old ever win Monopoly? No, you can't win Monopoly with your money on the side of the board and you can't win in life with financially with your money in an instrument or in prison. So obviously the five-year-old I'm talking about is Andrew, also more known as Moose, right? You yep. taught him how to play Monopoly to buy houses and hotels on properties. That's right. right? So if he went back and just did it the old way, that would have been, maybe stupid's a strong word, but it wouldn't have been, he didn't learn. Ignorant. It would be ignorant. He went, okay, I see how to win, but I'm not going to do it. Well, then yeah. he would never win, and he would either get tired of that and learn, or he would just accept not winning. It's right. the same way in life, right? Because once, I guarantee you that if Andrew went and played Monopoly with a thousand six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, he would win every single time with people that don't know how to play. Exactly. 100% of the time. Because he'd be playing. Okay. Now, remember, this is now I always get he's seven now, right? Yeah, he's seven. Seven. So this is a seven year old. Not are you smarter than a fifth grader? Okay. He's not <laughs> in fifth grade yet. Seven years old. Right. He would, he is playing a game at, in a way that the other kids don't even understand the game he's playing. And he'd have a smile on his face the whole time because he knows he's going to win. So just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. So it, with infinite banking, and I love that you added that last thing. In infinite banking, you're going to win. Yep. It's just a matter of time, right? And it's what properties I get to buy. When do I put the hotels on them? When do I put the houses on them? If you're going to win in the end, does it matter if you win soon or you win late? It doesn't really matter in the big thing. If you knew you were going to win, you'd still have that smile on your face like Andrew would have playing a thousand different kids because I know eventually I'm going to win. Yeah, yeah. And, and I want to say this also to the audience. We've referenced the penny doubling. We've referenced the control piece, a couple of those things. Those are all in that presentation, that education portal on the app called What is IBC? So those things, you'll be able to see those visuals there. So Jim, let's just talk about one more component 
of infinite banking before we wrap up. And I, and I always this I love this part of the presentation. And I say this when I'm talking to someone and showing this to them, like, hey, I want you to take a snapshot of that in your brain. Because this is all it is. And it really comes down to understanding the players in the play. Okay. Yeah. And, yep. and I want to just, this isn't getting into the solution because we're not going to, we're not going to record for an hour plus here and do that, but we're going to just kind of bring this together. And so I, I loved how Nelson said it. And I loved how you put this together in this presentation and you first showed it to me eight years ago. You said, okay, if we're going to be our own bank, we got to understand exactly what the bank is. And you use this, I remember you saying, hey, if we understand the players in the play, we'll understand what's going on. So walk us through that part of the presentation. And I want you all that are listening to know, remember, we started this off saying we're going to keep it simple. Simplicity is elusive. If you understand what Jim's about ready to talk about, that's all this is, all we're talking about is right here. So go for it. So the players in the play is you have to have a depositor. Right. You have somebody that funds the bank. Right. Yep. And then the person that makes the decisions at the bank is not your friend who's the vice president. It's the owner of the bank. That's right. Right. And then you have to have somebody to use that money. So you have to have a borrower. And in infinite banking, in a nutshell, is just building a wall around that. Okay, so in typical banking, what people typically do, you have the depositor goes down, puts their money in the bank, and then the bank loans them that money back out. Again, the banking system, it's not one particular bank, loans that money back out to them. They pay 26 times what the bank's going to then pay them as the depositor. Right. So they're in two roles, depositor and borrower. And they're not in the most important role. (laughs) <laughs> who controls the whole thing, right? Right, And whoever controls the money makes the money. So the bank owner controls the money. Okay, so the bank owner says they're the conductor. They're the, the puppet master of the play. There you go. But with infinite banking, you're all three. Okay, you have this policy and you own the policy. You are the policy owner. The insurance company is not the owner of the policy. You actually own the insurance company a small piece of the insurance company, but you're an owner of that insurance company. You have rights and control. You have rights to take an interest-only loan of the insurance company's money, not your money, right? Right. Right. And that means that you get to take a loan from the insurance company anytime you want for up to 100% of your cash value. Okay, so now you are the depositor because you funded this bank, this insurance contract, And because you have this insurance contract, the insurance company has to give you their money, right? Yep. And, okay, so they have to give you their money. So just remember what Jim is saying here is we talked about every financial institution is taking your money and going and making money with it, right? The insurance company is no different. It's our position as a policyholder that changes the game, okay? Yeah. We have first rights to the money. So you take that insurance company's money and you go buy an asset. The loan, right? You take that loan from the insurance company, their money, and you go buy an asset. And that asset produces cash flow. Okay. Now what the bank would have done is they would have loaned the money out to you or somebody else. And it produces a multiple, it produces a profit 
of 2,600% in, in, in 2016 with Bank of America. So it's a 2,600% profit. So do I want to loan my money out at 2,600%? Absolutely. Now, you loan that money out, you go buy an asset. The asset pays the interest to the insurance company. Yep. You earn money. Your money is growing every day, guaranteed inside the insurance contract, tax-free. Yep. Right? So now you have a system that you control, that you decide how big it's going to be, right? And I want it to be bigger, not smaller, because I'm going to go buy more assets. And you control what assets are purchased. So again, let's go back to you have a depositor, you have the owner of the bank, and you have the borrower. And infinite banking is building a wall around that transaction with an insurance policy, an insurance company, and you. But you control all three. You are the owner. Well, then how does somebody else make money off of you? They don't. And how do you lose money? You don't. Exactly. Now, if you could go from giving your money to the bank and them making 2,600% to you having the ability to go make as much money as you want to with the, the insurance company's money, that's the switch. I'm going to do it this way where everybody's going to make money off of me, or I'm going to do it this way and I'm going to be in control and I'm going to make the money. It's a simple choice. You want to play Monopoly watching all the money on the side of the board and not buying anything and playing it what you think is safe, right? Until everybody bankrupts you because you landed on their properties with hotels. Or do you want to actually get in the game, buy properties, put houses and hotels on them? Yeah. Is it, um, do you have to think to do it? Absolutely. But you can't win Monopoly with your money on the side of the board. You can only win Monopoly with your money on the board. You can't become financially independent and financially free, no matter how much money you might have in your 401k, you have to put your money in motion. Yeah. So there's two things going on here. You know, the first one is the difference between controlled and uncontrolled debt. Okay. Leverage. Okay. So in the, with the commercial bank, when you're borrowing money, if you don't make a payment, they come repo, whatever you borrowed, whatever the collateral is. Right. In this case, yep. We have, we're in a unique position because we're the owner, right? And, and yep. we don't have those same uh, stressors. And then the, ne the next part is it really is about how we think, okay? And what I want everyone to leave here with is be willing to rethink your thinking. We talk about mindset. We talk about the motion. And then the last part is what I just said. Motion is a law of God. If air doesn't flow through your lungs, you die. If water doesn't flow, it's poisonous. And if money doesn't flow, it's dead. And Robert Kiyosaki shook a lot of people and rattled some cages, frankly, when he said in his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, savers are losers. But the reality of it is, is he understood the rules of the game. And if you listen to him talk about that stuff, he talks about whether it's a real story or not about being back in Vietnam and going off of the gold standard and realizing, wait a second, this isn't good. This is going to inflate our money and it's going to devalue our money, right? And so it's just understanding. You don't get to change the rules. There's not your truth and my truth. There's just the truth, right? These are the rules of the game. And everyone here that's listening has an opportunity to play in this game. And you can play in the game to create abundant wealth for your family. You can 
do it to free yourselves from the slavery of the, the normal system. You can do it all, right? And you're not going to be able to do it overnight. This is a process, right? You need a guide. Jim came along as my guide at the request of Nelson eight years ago. It's changed the game for us. It's changed the game for hundreds of, of thousands of people that we've worked with here. So join the community, watch the course. What is IBC? If you want to learn more about what we're talking about here, if you've already read the book, watch the course, becoming your own banker. Uh, but reach yeah. out to us. We've got a no hassle guarantee to just guide you along the way to help you decide if this is for you or not for you. As we wrap up, Nick, I'm going to say like one thing, okay? For every golfer out there, this will make sense. <laughs> so we're on the first tee and you've heard guys say this, hey, what's the game? And a guy says, hey, okay, I didn't really understand what you just said. So just tell me how much I owe at the end. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> I've, I've never said okay. that before. <laughs> so, so let's just change the scenario. So I get up on the tee and I say, okay, Nick, we're going to play this game. And you go, first question is, how much are we playing for? And I say, hey, we're playing for $20 million. And you say, are you going to say, hey, you know what? Just tell me what I owe at the end. Right. No, I'm not, I'm not you're going to say, wait a minute, hold on. 20 million bucks. Tell me what the game is. I'm going to analyze if I can win that game or if I can be at least, you know, somewhere on the positive side. Right. And you're going to say, I'm going to understand that game. Right? right. You might even go get some lessons if we're playing for 20 million bucks. <laughs> you might even have a caddy. Right. Helping you. You might have you're right. going to pull in all the resources and people. The game is bigger than 20 million. It could be a billion for you, or right. it could be 10 million, it could be 5 million, whatever it is. It's a ton of money. Right. So, why wouldn't you figure the game out? You want to play the game and not know the rules? <laughs> I don't think so. No. So, somebody who definitely knows the rules because he knows how to think, and it's all about how you think and what you do with those thoughts is Earl Nightingale. So Nick, thanks for being on the show. We're going to wrap this up as we always do with the incredible words of Earl Nightingale and the strangest secret. Take it away, Earl. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now let me say that again. We become what we think about. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you are looking to discover new wealth building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today. Thanks again for listening.